Paul. So what are some of the things people are writing about us on Apple Podcasts? LBR59 says, Sam and Paul make my weekend chores more enjoyable. Conversations they carry are hilarious. And at the same time, they can dig deep and spin ideas in a way never thought possible. How do you connect MMA, politics, history, and pro wrestling into one conversation? Listen and find out. CRGOT7 says, awesome podcast. These guys break down politics and MMA fights, somehow very seemingly unrelated topics, but condense them into fun and enjoyable content. Highly recommend. This is Sam. This is Paul. And this is Southpaw. So this episode, we're starting off with a thought experiment, which is what would modern MMA mixed martial arts look like if there were no gloves? You were only allowed to wrap your hands and that's it. And we saw that in the early UFC, but what would it look like now with the skill level, the amount of training, the new knowledge people have, if we instituted no gloves right now, what would happen? So I think historical context is important because fighting has been around for as long as depicted history is. And you could see it in artworks in ancient Mesopotamia that people were fighting, especially striking. And the thing that they realized early on was they needed to protect their hands. The Greeks were probably the most famous example of having some form of system of fighting. And they used leather hand wraps to make sure that their hands were protected, but otherwise they had no quote-unquote gloves. Unfortunately, the Romans adopted that, and not only did they take out the leather hand wraps, they essentially turned them into bladed weapons to where it was more of a fight to the death than it was a sport. So afterwards, in England, they brought back fist fighting, and the Marquis of Queensbury rules was the first to introduce gloves. And it was a way to be seen as more civil form of combat. So if we took gloves out, it would almost be a return to the days of the Greeks when they would fight. And the only way you could lose was to either be knocked out or admit defeat. In a way, it would just complete the cycle of fighting that has come from the Greeks to now. Removing the gloves is something a lot of commentators and writers have speculated about because they thought if you remove the gloves, people wouldn't punch as much. And so you would actually end up not only protecting the hands more, but also lessening brain damage. I don't know if that's necessarily true. Yeah, because even if you took out punches to the head in fighting, if you still allow kicking, you're essentially saying it's okay for a shin bone to connect directly to your temple and it has no bearing. We might actually see more kicks. You'll definitely see changes in techniques thrown, but this idea that 
you eliminate gloves and all of a sudden there will be less head strikes and people will be more accurate with their punches and throw less of them. I don't think that's true because people have been already conditioned to just throw a lot of punches and look for the knockout. That's how they're incentivized. And also, if you're fighting once every six months, you're willing to do that versus people maybe fighting every week, then they have to be much more economic because if you had to throw punches, possibly break your hand every week, you're not going to do it the same way. So to really see changes to techniques, I think it would be a generational change. If we remove gloves now, a lot of the fighters right now would still fight the same and just end up breaking their hands more. It would have to be the next generation of fighters or the next next generation of fighters who adapt. Just like how we're seeing in MMA fighters who are fourth generation where they're past just style versus style to just people throwing one-two punches. They're past the GSP level. And now you're getting to this new level of fighters who've just grown up doing MMA and doing all this other crazy shit in a fight. That took time. That took generational change. Just because you allow for less rules and more things to happen doesn't mean we saw all those other weird things that could happen in a fight. It took generations for people to figure out how to apply that in the UFC. Same thing with fighting without gloves. I think you're going to see new techniques and all those changes, but it won't be today's guys doing it. It'll take those guys getting really fucked up and then having to teach the next generation, don't do it like I did. Don't break your hands. Don't get all these concussions from sparring like I did. Like even now, a lot of the younger fighters aren't sparring as much as the previous generation because they learn from them. So this idea that you make one rule change and instantly things will change is foolish. How efficient markets work is it takes time for a correction to happen. And in the case of people, then that means it takes several generations for changes to happen. It doesn't mean several generations of people having to die off and next level of people coming up. It just means several generations of fighters and a fighter's career is only so long. So even in five years, you could have a new batch of next generation fighters coming up. It just won't happen as quickly as people think as far as adaptation to no gloves. I think not only that, you might see some resurgence of old techniques. Back in Japan in the late 80s, early 90s, Shuto and Pancras were playing around with that style of fighting where Shuto famously had no punches to a grounded opponent and Pancras had no gloves and no close fist strikes. When you talk about generational changes of fighters, they might start throwing strikes similar in the way that the Pancras guys would. So that palm to face where it's not a close fist and it doesn't risk breaking any of the small bones in your hand. And they might say, oh, that's great. That's a great technique. And it's like, yeah, Boss Rune was doing that in the 90s. Yeah, open palm strikes. You'll see that back. But I think also eventually you'll start seeing more of the karate punch. So karate kind of lost a lot of respect, especially point fighting, this idea of one punch kill. But you take the gloves out and you have to be much more economic with your punches. So if you're going to throw it, you might only want to throw it just a few times and make it really count, especially if you're aiming to the head, where if you're trying to throw a million punches to somebody's head, you're just going to break your hands. 
then in that context, those old ideas start to make sense again, which you see with somebody like Lyoto Machida, who doesn't throw a lot of punches, but when he does, he's looking for that intercepting fist where he creates a collision. As his opponent chases him, he steps in and he does a karate reverse punch and looks for the knockout. Yeah, rules are a huge game changer because before the Marquis of Queensbury rules, fighting was done very economically. They wanted to make sure that they were efficient with their punches and when they threw it, it made a count. After gloves were introduced of varying sizes, then they wanted to make sure that, oh, we can absolutely defend differently. We can move better. We can block just using the forearms because we don't have to worry about getting hurt. So it changed the rules. And guys who used to do very well under the old rules, that was no longer the case. Those old gloves, though, aren't the same as gloves now. They were actually very, very small. And they were much more like a hand mitt. That's why back then you saw a lot more people blocking where they would just hold the gloves out and they were able to actually extend their palms open to catch punches as well. Yeah, it was closer to mittens than it was gloves. But because it didn't offer the same amount of protection as they get now, if you watch a lot of those old school fights, Jack Johnson, Jack Dempsey, there was a lot more body shots because you're much less likely to break your hands going to the body. And actually, it was much more rare to go for the head unless you knew the man was really hurt. And I think that's a technique you'll see more of again is we remove the gloves there will be a lot more body strikes. Yeah, and I don't necessarily think that you'll see less knockouts or less head trauma because guys will just start throwing elbows to the head and they'll start throwing more kicks and they'll set it up better where, let's say, instead of punching into a clinch, they might duck lower, grab a clinch, and start hitting you with elbows like Joe Schilling. Intensity increases when there's more time between fights and more money involved. It's always a cultural thing, too, when you notice Cuban boxers training. And same thing with the Eastern Bloc, where Russian boxers used to do very well, like the Lomachenkos, where they go more for technique and making sure that they're able to effectively execute technique flawlessly than it is how hard can you punch. Because essentially at the amateur level, you're not being paid for this. So it's more important that you're efficient and good than it is that you become a vicious killer. And in the US, especially with prize fighting, once you start putting in money, then like you said, the rules change. Now it's how quickly can I get this guy out of here? That's why I think it's a generational change because fighters will watch the previous fighters and see how fucked up they are. And they're like, well, I want their money, but I don't want to be crippled when I retire. So they will start changing things. I would be interested to see if cuts would increase. Without the gloves, definitely there will be more cuts. Right. Because they're going to throw more elbows, more kicks, more knees. And when they do punch without a glove, you're much more likely to cut your opponent because the lack of the padding. And also, when you're throwing without a glove, it's going to be bone on bone. So... I've already mentioned about breaking your own hand, but it's the bones of your hand hitting the bones of their skull. So two hard surfaces, whatever soft tissue is in between, is much more likely to get punctured 
lacerated or cut. So if you had to take a current fighter and their style, who would benefit the most? I think somebody like a Tony Ferguson would benefit because of the variety of his techniques. Any fighter who throws a lot of elbows and kicks, all the fighters who just throw mainly punches, people who are headhunters, they're going to be suffering. I would say that the fighters who are more susceptible to cuts, like Nick Diaz, Nate Diaz, who have tons of scar tissue buildup, would also suffer as a result of this because they're more likely to start bleeding open and voila, fight's over. Doctor calls it off. Genetics will play much more of a part because there's already the genetics of the chin. Like some people can take a punch better than other people and you're just born like that. There's no way to train that. But same thing with the skin. Some people just have tougher skin than other people. So skin will be the other factor now that will have to be something to consider. So instead of best chin, it's best skin. It'll be both. <laughs> Fighters who have a better chin and better skin will win more often. But careers might end up being shorter. What I'm interested in is how does training change? Because then people might start trying to adopt a lot of the old techniques from karate to improve and condition your fists. So hitting Makiwara boards and doing all this knuckle conditioning, breaking boards. Because a lot of those guys have really tough knuckles because of all that training, because of that idea of one punch, one kill. They want to make their fists as hard as possible so when they land, they shouldn't need a lot more punches. That's why a lot of these older arts are much more kick-heavy. You could do actually a lot of kicks and be okay, but you're limited in the amount of punches you can throw because your shin is much more able to take damage than your knuckles. But with that said, in MMA, there's grappling. And a lot of those guys who do all the breaking boards and knuckle conditioning, their hand basically becomes like a blunt object where it's just a big, deformed, calloused, calcified thing. So they can't even really make a good grip anymore. So it might help them in throwing punches hard, but they wouldn't be able to do things that require fine motor skills like grappling. So once it hits the ground, their hands aren't going to be nearly as adroit enough to not only grapple on the ground, but even in the clinch, they're going to have problems because there's going to be times you're going to need to use your fingers, especially if you're trying to do some kind of tie clinch or even dig for underhooks. You might have a really hard time. So essentially, they would have Lego hands where it's always permanently in a C position. Yeah. And sometimes I've seen it where that type of conditioning makes it a blunt, hard object, but they can't even make a fully formed fist anymore, which doesn't matter if all you're doing is breaking bricks with a karate chop, but it does matter if you need to make a strong fist to hit somebody. So a lot of that conditioning for the knuckles might not be as useful as people think. You might still not need more than just bag work drills and push-ups on your knuckles. But anything more than that, where you're trying to turn your hand into a calcified club, might actually do you more harm than good. And also, you'll be living in constant pain. I think another thing we might see more of is treating punches as transitional moves and tools, as opposed to main finishing weapons. Yes. So you might see more of just punch them a little, distract them, 
make sure they move a certain way and then you can clinch them and then start throwing punches to the body, knees, or you separate and you throw a head kick. So punches are less likely to be fight finishers and more of transitional moves like a takedown. And I think you'll also see much more clinching, which might not be as exciting for a lot of fans because they already don't like the clinching because it's just grinding on each other. But if you don't have gloves, you'll start coming towards each other. You'll be kicking and elbowing, but because when you're using punches as transitions, just like they do in Muay Thai, where they're not looking for the punch knockout, then they do end up in clinches a lot more. And even if you look at Burmese boxing, which also doesn't allow gloves, or Muay Buran, the more of the traditional Thai boxing without gloves, they're constantly in clinches. And the same thing you saw in Pancrase, they didn't have the gloves, punches were limited. So like you said, people might be using punches as transitions, but also you might see more open hand strikes, but you're also going to see a lot more clinching and reaching where people will be reaching for each other with their hands and actually lock hands sometimes. You saw that a lot in Pancrase in Japan and a lot of those fights where people would just straight up walk towards each other and basically grab each other's hands and start kicking and kneeing each other. You see that a lot in Burmese boxing where there isn't gloves. You see that in the Thai boxing that doesn't have gloves because it's hard to maintain range when you can't just flick out a million jabs. Because when you don't have gloves, you can't flick out a million jabs. Even if you're not hitting hard, the more jabs you throw in a career, the more likely you're going to break your hand on somebody's forehead. So you didn't see jabs that much even in the early days of boxing when they were wearing those minimal gloves. And you didn't see a lot of jabs in Pancrase at all. And that's why Boss Rutten didn't believe in jabs because when you don't have that much protection in your hands, you just got to throw hard and hope you don't have to throw that many punches at all. The byproduct of not having the jab anymore is less ability to maintain range. It's funny that you brought up how you would hold on to each other and then start kicking because isn't that essentially Savate? How it was amongst French sailors, they would just grab the ropes and start just kicking the shit out of each other. And same thing there, either no gloves or minimal gloves. The closest thing I've heard to Pancras being brought back was when Eddie Bravo talked about combat jujitsu, where there's no strikes unless it hits the ground and then open-handed palm strikes are allowed. But that's an interesting concept because how would strikes look like when it's only open-handed? Yeah. So without the gloves, even the ground strikes might change where it might be much more open-hand strikes instead of the closed fist strikes. Because in MMA, a lot of guys have broken their hands where they're throwing really hard and either they hit the other person's skull and break their hand Or the other person moves out of the way and they hit the canvas full force and break their hands. So open hand strikes, even on the ground, becomes more useful again. And watching some of that combat jujitsu where they're using open hand strikes, because they don't want to rely on the strikes to finish, they again use the strikes as transitions to the submission. So maybe we'll see much more submissions then because the punches don't end up being the end-all be-all. And then in other ways, grappling might be tougher because it would be a lot like no-gi grappling where you're just wearing just shorts and 
a rash guard, and that's it. Because in MMA, arm bars and triangles are a lot easier because the glove acts as a handle. So you pinch their glove under your armpit, or you grab on to their glove underneath your own wrist, or you just grab onto it, and you can finish that arm bar easier, set up the triangle easier. You could do a lot of things where they can't just slip out. It's like wrestling with shoes on. Once you take the shoes off, somebody grabs you in a single leg, it's easy to yank your foot out. When they're wearing shoes, you can't do that. And same thing with arm bars. In no gi, it's so easy to just get out of an arm bar by just yanking your arm out. In MMA, with gloves, you can't do that. And so some elements of grappling will become a lot harder. But then some elements will become easier because when somebody tries to do a rear naked choke on you, it's easy to grab their gloves and then just yank it down also to escape. Not only that, but I would also say that certain positions in jujitsu and transitional movements won't make any sense because they say you are 100% vulnerable to getting hit in the face. That's not a good position to be in. I think it'll force people to innovate more in MMA grappling. Right now, they haven't had to innovate as much in grappling. Basically, submission escapes, ground and pound, and you don't need a lot more than that. Whereas if things become more difficult to finish on the ground, not only will people have to be better at their submissions, but they'll have to use different types of submissions. Maybe leg locks will come back in MMA or not even come back because it was never that popular in the first place. But maybe leg locks will become more popular like they are in no-gi grappling because people are so slippery, you have to constantly innovate because a lot of the older submissions aren't as reliable. And leg locks in MMA were harder to use and get because you were always afraid of getting punched in the face. But without gloves, maybe you're not going to see as many ground strikes like before. So that might open up a window where you might be able to catch a few more leg locks or they're slapping you and you're willing to take a couple slaps because you know you got this leg lock. So you might see things like that happen more often. But also, it'll force the game to evolve, just like no-gi grappling had to evolve so much because submissions were a lot harder to get without the gi on. So a lot of the cool innovations now are happening not with the gi, but in no-gi because it's those guys who are forced to innovate because you can't just armbar people like you can with the gi. And you can't just hold on to positions like you were with the gi. Because you're not going to be training young guys to do techniques that could only work for a couple of years before you completely start breaking your hands. So they're like, okay, you're going to have to really learn how to defend against this because you can't just punch your way out of it. And also, without the gloves, maybe the bottom isn't as much of a disadvantage. Because you're not going to be hit with the same ferociousness and the same volume especially to the head if you have to do it barehanded. But a lot of the ground game in MMA relies on overhooks and underhooks, which relies on being able to pinch their gloves to hold them in place. That starts going out the window too. So it'll be interesting what kind of things you'll see in the grappling element without the gloves because so much of MMA grappling relies on using the gloves as anchors. And for the person on top, relies on being able to punch the shit out of your opponent. 
Yet there's always more opportunities to escape, especially if the threat of the punch isn't as eminent. Right now, you're seeing a lot of interesting footwork. First, it was Dominic Cruz, now TJ Dillashaw, Mighty Mouse, now Henry Cejudo's doing some stuff, and a lot of fighters are doing interesting footwork. But I think the footwork's going to change a lot if you remove the gloves. So how does affecting the hand affect the feet? Well, you need the hands to control the range and the angles. When you don't have the ability to throw unlimited jabs or punches from weird angles to set up your pivots and your movements, you're going to get back to much more rudimentary footwork again. Because you look at TJ, you look at Dominic Cruz, and they rely on sometimes very bladed stances to flick out either a jab or kind of a weird angle hook, a long hook to set up their movements. But you can't throw those kind of sloppy punches or that high volume of punches if your hands aren't protected. We might see another resurgence of wrestlers who decide, I was always scared to go into MMA because of punches to the face. But if that's no longer an issue then I might have even more success because I'm used to hand fighting, grabbing you, not having an anchor there in place to assist me. So we might actually see a resurgence of, especially among the Greco-Roman community, if clinch work is going to be a huge factor in deciding who wins and who loses. That's another thing. You just mentioned hand fighting. And I think you're going to see a lot more of that in MMA without the gloves, where people are just fighting each other's hands, grabbing each other's hands by the wrist, because it won't be so punch heavy. With that said, I think there will be still some fighters who throw a lot of punches, but it'll be more of these fighters who throw these pitter-patter punches, where they don't have full steam on them. So when you're throwing to the head or to the body, you might be throwing lighter punches so you could throw more of them to look good to the judges, to distract them, to transition, or just to blind their eyes. But you're not going to be able to flick it as hard as you were before if you're going to throw a lot of them. So you might see another bunch of guys who aren't using the karate style of limited punches, but more of the Diaz brothers style of lots of punches, just not as hard. Or you look at people like Floyd Mayweather or Joe Calzaghe. They've both had histories of breaking their hands over and over. So the way they throw their punches is, is they throw a lot of very light punches, but they start adding up because of the volume and they throw a lot more to the body. And ever since Floyd broke his hands a bunch of times, he throws that jab to the body because he's trying to protect his hand. And also he's trying to win fights on the scorecard. So just because we don't have gloves on doesn't mean judging changes. With point fighters or people who are trying to win on the judges' scorecards, you might see some of them employing even more strikes, but super, super light, just to look good. Or you might see super light strikes to the head just to distract them before the takedown or just to blind their eyes or whatever. So in a different way, just as there's some guys who don't throw a lot of punches now in MMA, but when they do, they throw really hard. You might see a crop of new guys who throw a bunch of punches, but really, really, really pitter-patter punches that you saw in the old days of boxing where the gloves were much more minimal. 
maybe we'll see a lot more varieties of styles without the gloves also. But definitely the footwork will be interesting because you need punches like jabs or hooks to build off of for your footwork or other movements. If you start removing a lot of those things out of the way or they become much less viable because people will start ducking their heads down to try to break your hands on purpose. Not only that, you might see a lot of overhand strikes in name only, but they're trying to actually hit you with the forearm instead because it still acts as a great bludgeoning tool, but you don't risk breaking the hand. Kind of like in pro wrestling, how they throw clotheslines. Yeah, you might start seeing more forearm strikes and different types of strikes. You might even see people bring back like old school ridge hand strikes where you're hitting with uh, the back of your forearm or your wrist just to protect their hands in some way. It makes sense. You need all these different strikes. if You're constantly trying to protect your hands or you're a fighter who's already broken their hands and they're useless. Then they have to innovate and create other ways to hit people where you don't have to use the hands only. You look at Kyokushin competitions where they don't wear gloves. They're not allowed to punch to the face. You don't see a lot of footwork. They just start walking up to each other. They do a lot of hand fighting, strikes to the body, leaning into each other and hitting and just kicking each other. And that's it because without the gloves or the ability to hit their face a bazillion times, there's no reason to just circle. It makes sense to circle and keep hitting them in the face. But if I can't do that without risk and I need to beat this guy, then it might make more sense for both of us to just walk right into each other and just start fighting. Yeah, that's the early struggle of Andy Hug and his career in K1. He came from that karate background where he could throw beautiful axe kicks right in front of your face. But in that boxing range, he struggled. And that's where he got hurt a lot of times early on in his career. It was only after he blended more distance at the boxing range that he found true success. And opponents had a much harder time discerning, where am I safe with this guy? Because I'm safe nowhere whether it's a hug tornado or an axe kick, you never really quite knew. And maybe early Andy hug fights are a better indication of where we might be in terms of striking. Another thing that'll factor in is I think you'll see a lot more eye pokes when there's no gloves because now you have the ability to fully open your hand. Depending on what kind of gloves you use, like some organizations are really good at using gloves where you can't fully open your hands. So that naturally prevents eye pokes. The UFC gloves, you could really open your hand a lot more. But if you're only wearing hand wraps, then you have full range of motion with your fingers. So people will open up their hands and they might reach out and poke each other in the eyeballs a lot more. That's the other risk of no gloves. How often does that happen in wrestling or let's say Pancras, I wonder if, like you said, when the rules change, it changes their style because they're more likely to think, oh, that might happen, and then they adapt their behavior. Well, currently, Pancras in Japan allows for closed fists, so we don't know what it would look like now. And in martial arts where they don't use gloves, like in Burmese boxing or in the traditional Thai boxing where they're not wearing gloves, yeah, you don't see as many eye pokes. But you also don't see as many kicks to the balls like you see in UFC. That has nothing to do with the rules. It's just that they're much more technical. 
and they're just better at kicking so they don't kick each other in the nuts because they're training so much and since childhood and because they know their opponent also has to go fight again next weekend just like they do. They want to win, but they're also much more careful and not trying to ruin the other guy's career by stabbing their eyeballs out. Whereas in the UFC, we still see tons of kicks to the balls and we still see tons of eye pokes. Or maybe it's not even about the technique. It's about the level of respect. In these other arts, they're going to throw a kick really well or they're going to throw the kick when they know they're going to have a clean hit. They're not going to do things willy-nilly. Whereas in the UFC, because there's so much money on the line, even if they have good technique, they might be willing to do things more willy-nilly because there's more at stake. So fuck it. Let me just throw this kick and see what happens. Oops, I kicked them in the balls. Oh, they're coming towards me. Let me use an open palm to kind of push them away. But if I end up poking them in the eye, who gives a fuck? Whereas because of tradition and honor, they will care about those things in other countries. In the US, you don't even get a point deduction if you poke them in the eye. You're supposed to, but nobody enforces that. So there's no incentive not to poke each other in the eye. So because of that lack of disincentive, other fight organizations have had to mechanically prevent people from poking each other in the eye by use of glove where they can't open their hands all the way. Meaning the only way to protect the eye is to make sure the hand can't open. Now, if you're wearing just wraps and your hand can open all the way, I just see more eye pokes happening. Because I've worn UFC gloves before. I could open my hands, but not all the way as much as I can if I was wearing just hand wraps. Because you still have hand wraps underneath the UFC gloves. So it still prevents you from fully opening your hands. You just can open it a lot more than you can if you're wearing pride gloves or some of these other gloves. Right, because I know the pride gloves and even the Beltor gloves now, they're slightly hooked so you can't fully extend it unless you really made an effort. Whereas with the UFC gloves, you can't fully extend your hands, but you have to really make an effort to extend your hands open. Mm -hmm. With just hand wraps on, you don't even have to make an effort to open it. Just try to hold your hand out and it'll be fully open. So I see a lot more eye pokes happening. Now, that's a thing that won't go away because of a rule change like no gloves. It has to go away with disincentives. So if we were to remove the gloves, there's so much more likelihood to eye poke that you have to come down and punish much harsher. So instead of warning, it should just be automatic point deduction. Otherwise, without gloves, eye pokes will be rampant and people will probably do it on purpose or will just be so careless about it. It might as well be on purpose. So intentional or not, as soon as that happens, point deduction. It has to because we've already increased the risk of eye pokes by removing the gloves. And then if there's two eye pokes, DQ, that's it. You lost. That's it. Because if there's two eye pokes, there's also a very good chance you just ruined the other guy's career. Eyes are very sensitive. Now, you can ruin another person's career if you did a legal technique. That's fine. But if you did an illegal technique twice and possibly ruined their career, yeah, no question. It should be automatic disqualification. Yeah, you don't want to end up like Yuki Nakai. For those who might not be familiar, Yuki Nakai famously fought Gerard Gordeaux back in Japan. He got... I poked to death and he eventually became blind in one eye. 
and that effectively ended his MMA career and changed his life for the worse. But it did lead him to becoming a very successful jujitsu coach with one of his students being Shinya Aoki. Yeah, eye pokes are no joke. So why even currently we're so lax about eye pokes, I don't know. But even outside of this discussion about no gloves, major MMA organizations have to come down much, much harsher on eye pokes, whether they're intentional or not. And two eye pokes, instant DQ. One eye poke, take a point away automatically. John Jones' career might look completely different if that rule was enacted very early on. That might damn well ruin his career. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. 